Welcome back to the Broncast, the podcast all about the Ford Bronco. I'm your host, John Melton. And I'm Donnie Whiteman. We are two Bronco enthusiasts who own Broncos, work on Broncos, and love talking about the old Ford Bronco. From generation one, two, three, four, five, six, all the way, all the way. So that's all the way. All, all of them all. All of them. As my daughter would say. <laughs> Our sponsor for today's episode is Tom's Off-Road. Tom's Off-Road has every part that you need to fully restore a Bronco. In today's episode, we have some special guests. So this is going to be another full-size Ford Bronco episode for all you Gen 2 to Gen 5 owners. Yep. And uh, we have uh, Parker and Carson that will be joining us, these two Utes. The two Utes. The two Bronco Utes and uh, the whole, you know, Ute gangs of Bronco owners. Nice. Nice. Uh, what have you been working on this week? Well, I did something really cool. I didn't actually work on something. <laughs> I went back to the Metro Police Department's impound lot to go and do, uh, to help the owner empty out the thief Bronco, as oh, I call it. Oh, yeah. So we talked about that on the Bronco Horror Stories episode in... Um, I was asked if I would go and help in uh, not realizing that this full-size Bronco that's totaled was full to the roof of stuff. Oh, my gosh. So I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll give you a hand. I'll go. We can't talk about names and places because we're trying to protect the innocent. This sure. thing is still in the court system. So <laughs> oh, my gosh. We can't even get the Bronco out because I, I think I'm going to try and use it for parts or something. But it has such a cool story. Yeah. Uh, but I went. So... We both doors are, are you can't open them because it got hit so hard in the front. And uh, <laughs> so I was able to go in through the rear window that you have to roll the window down on those in order oh to gosh. open the tailgate. So we had to power it up. And so I get in, I'm climbing. I, I had to make a hole to get through to the front because it was full to the roof, which is kind of gross. Ew. So, but the Thief Bronco was, it was. I think nine garbage bags of clothes that we took up. Big black garbage bags. Clothes? Yeah, they had been stealing clothes also. So they were flip-flops and shoes and high tops and <laughs> cheap jewelry and uh, 10 or 20 bottles of lotion. <laughs> uh, there was, uh, this is funny. We stopped counting at 20 bras. <laughs> and they're like, you know, we're emptying this thing out. Sleeping bags, pillows, tools, toolboxes. Uh, I think seven bolt cutters. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Donnie has just started a pawn shop. Yeah, I could have. I could have. So it was just, we were pulling all this stuff out. And uh, it was it was hilarious, but it was quite entertaining. So we, we filled her um, Tahoe up with nine bags of garbage. And, oh. Yeah, found a dumpster and just like threw it all away. But wow. It, most of the stuff still had the tags on it. The shoes were still tagged together. At least 20 pairs of them were. Wow. But yeah, it was pretty amazing. We're, she goes, we're going to find a pistol. I just know we are. <laughs> and I'm like, I had gloves on. I threw them away because the whole thing was kind of disgusting. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. That's like a hoarder. That like was my entertainment for Saturday morning. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. I have been uh, researching... The Hydroboost uh, brake kit. And I have the one from Tom's Off-Road. Um, I got it a while ago and thought I was going to start on it and then never did. Um, and uh, 
primarily because the kit that Tom's Off-Road has, they don't yet sell the the hoses um, for all that. So I was like, okay, well, what, you know, what hoses do I need? And I, I just started researching and you know how like you can literally spend a whole day looking for one thing. Cause I'm like, okay, what fittings do I need? You know, what fittings are on the hydro boost? What fittings do I need for my, uh, for my power steering box? What fittings do I need? And I'm like, oh, I need to put a power steering cooler um, or fluid cooler in, in line because running the hydro boost and the power steering, I pulled my old power steering cooler or, uh, um, that, that little one that I don't know if you've seen them that, you know, the, yeah, the vertical one. one. Yeah. yeah. I pulled that a while ago. I don't remember why, but I was like, I'm getting rid of this stupid thing. And now I'm like, oh man, I got to put another one on there. So I'm then researching power steering coolers and, um, you know, looking at just, you know, the cheapo ones on Amazon and all this stuff. So, you know, a day that I had planned to just work in the garage, swapping out the hydro boost, I actually spent on my computer researching everything. And I think I've got it pretty sorted out. Like, uh, you know, there's a couple people that sell just a hose kit. Um, but I'm, it's a different vendor than Tom. So I wasn't sure that it would work. Um, Tom sells the fittings for the power steering box. And then on the hydro boost system, there's fittings that run it to 6AN, um, you know, so you can run 6AN line. So I think I'm going to do that 6AN because uh, it goes from the power steering pump, the Saginaw pump, to up to the hydro boost, uh, hydro boost brake system, back down to your power steering box, out to the cooler, back from the cooler into the Saginaw pump. Um, and then there's another line that goes from the uh, power steering box. I don't know. It's just so. Well, yeah. And when you're, when you're looking at Saginaw, you know, those were made in Saginaw, Michigan. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's where the oh, name comes from. Okay. And, okay. And, or you switch to a Borgeson, yep. n- none of the lines work. You can't use either set, so you got to have modified. So, just if anybody wants to know, Napa will work on the. You know, they'll have a usually have compression fittings and stuff. Really, I ended up taking all the parts in there. And yeah, have trying to get all the Borgus and stuff switched over in uh, with the reservoir and all the lines. But yeah, I feel your pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's what I that's what I was working on, and uh, I'm I think I'm going with all the AN fittings and all that for for the for the whole system. Um, and, uh, so yeah, should be, should have hydro boost one of these days. (laughs) I keep saying that I'm working on it, but really it's just spending time on my computer. So, uh, Donnie and I have a couple guys that we know, um, we call them the youths, uh, cause just cause they're younger than us, but, um, that we just wanted to talk to about some full size Bronco stuff because, these guys are the ones who are actually doing the work on these full-size Broncos. And, um, you know, Donnie and I are, are getting, you know, getting in the full-size Bronco mindset. And, uh, so just wanted to talk to these guys. And so we've got Carson and Parker on the phone. You guys there? Hey guys. All right. What's up? What's up? Okay. So, um, I've met both you guys, uh, 
through Super Celebration. Like we've we've hung out at Super Celebration. Carson was actually on the podcast on the live episode at Super Celebration um, with his first gen Bronco. And uh, Parker is a big part of the Georgia Bronco community. Um, so real quick, Carson, what Broncos do you currently own? Have you owned? Um, and uh, what what are, what's what's your herd of Broncos over there? Hang on, let, let me add something real quick. Okay, all right. So I met Carson. Uh, actually, I saw him on TV first because he was on Power Nation TV. And oh, how yes. old were you when you did that? What? Um, I believe I was about five years old when I did that. Oh, wow, <laughs> Parker, you didn't know that? I didn't. Uh, maybe there's a little bit of that. I, I think. I <laughs> yeah, remember. yeah. So I used to work there. Yeah. And, uh, I was watching an old episode, and here's this young dude. An enthusiast at five years old that's already like completely infatuated with cars and trucks. And you were drawing them already, right? I was. I I started drawing them when I was about three years old, and it just it kept going from there and turned into a turned into a side job and everything else. So that so is awesome. Kind of grew from there. For me, meeting Carson at Supercell was like meeting a celebrity. <laughs> That was awesome. <laughs> That's cool. Well, that was how we first met. Carson was years ago at Super Celebration. I think you came up with one of your drawings and you were like, hey, like I'm selling these to um, fund my Bronco project. And I was like, that is incredible. Like I, I loved I loved that, you know, that, that you were doing that. Yeah. Funny story about Carson's drawings and everything. I, like my first Super Cell, like 2019 or 2020, I took pictures of this person's Bronco drawings that they had all in the back of their Bronco and everything. And then three years later, we, we were like talking to Carson and everything and Carson started showing me all these drawings. I'm like, I have a picture of that drawing <laughs> on my phone. And I had a picture of Carson's drawings from like three years prior on my no phone. No way. That's which, amazing. Which is funny because it was actually a second gen full-size Bronco. That- yeah, I think it's a chromatic too. So like it was like free, like cursor to everything. But- oh, that's awesome. It was before chromatics yep. were cool. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. So these these two guys are part of a bigger youth movement we, <laughs> that we call you guys the Utes, which includes Farah and a few other guys. And uh, you're so supportive of the whole Bronco thing. You're at all the shows yep. and uh, you, y'all hang out together. There's like five or six of you. Is that right? Yeah. but I mean, there's a whole bunch more across the country, I'm sure. And there's a whole bunch more at Super Club, but we kind of have our little group that we've been hanging out for a few years now at the shows and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, let's hear then, uh, what, what is, what is the current herd of your guys Broncos, but also what have you had? Cause I know Carson, you just sold one. Um, so Carson, what, what Bronco do you what Broncos do you have and what have you had in the past? So currently I have a 1973 first generation Bronco Ranger and that's been my, my, toy for you know since i was 14 years old and i just recently uh finished up a 1978 um blue custom bronco that was actually an old uh air force truck so finished that up and just recently sold it and i'm currently on the hunt for another you only have one bronco (laughs) that's 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 the current the current (laughs) situation and i've had had a I've had another, you know, I've always had them that I've flipped and stuff like that, but 
those are those are the two that have really that really hold a memory. So Parker, what what Broncos have you had, and do you have now? Um, so my first Bronco, same thing as Carson, I got when I was sixteen from my grandpa, who bought an '88 Bronco back off the dealership showroom, and uh, me and him worked on it, everything, and then kind of got the Bronco bug, and since then I bought a '79 last um, June, a yellow '79 with the chromatic stripes and everything, and then finished that for Supercell, and then we bought, me and my dad kind of went in on one together. That's our next project for this year, another 1979 chromatic. And then my sister uh, has a 95, but that's hers, and then my dad has a new one. And I know Carson also has other ones in the family, but just me, I have my 88 and my 79, and then I kind of share another 79 with my dad. And and what is the name of your 79? Uh, the yellow one's Mellow Yellow. Yes. Mellow Yellow. I didn't even know they made yellow chromatics. I love it. It, that, yeah. it, it is so you. Like, it, if I see a yellow chromatic anywhere, I'm just like, oh, Parker. Oh, wait. Oh, maybe yeah. is that Parker? <laughs> you know, it's like, I just automatically assume that is your Bronco. Yeah. I didn't even really like the color. Like, I was, I was kind of torn because, like, I'd never seen a yellow chromatic before anywhere. And then so I was like, well... I feel like I gotta like get this. Like I'm the first one on this deal kind of thing, just because how rare it was. But then it's like I don't really love yellow anyway. So like, I was trying, but I definitely fell in love with the patina and everything it has. It, it, it's definitely my one of my favorites. So. What was? We'll go ahead and ask you this first, um, Parker. What was the first uh, thing each of you did, like, are fixed on a Bronco? We'll start with you. Ah, <sighs> um. I mean, on the 88, not much broke. Probably first, like, major thing I did by myself was the summer of COVID. Like, right when COVID hit, got out of school. And my grandparents lived two streets over, so I just would go over there every day during COVID and work with Papa on the truck. And we put in a roll bar, like a family cage in the back, did bed liner, and just in, like, the back half. And then we did uh, a tire rack and a winch bumper. And that was, like, all within, like, the first month of COVID hitting because we were like just bored in our house all day. So we were just yeah. working on it nonstop. But yeah, those, those few first projects were fun. Nice. Nice. Carson, what was, what was the first thing that you did or fixed or so for upgraded? Me, it, well, so for me, I, when I got mine, it was, I, I had done Bronco projects since I was, since I can remember with my dad. And so, but the first one I did on my personal truck was, um, get it running and driving. And that was, that was, it was, it was a little bit of a a difficult task when I never really, never really gotten that far into a truck before. And, but that was, that was the whole thing. So it had sat since 1983 in the woods of Georgia and I was wanting to turn it into a daily driver. So that was my first project was get it running. That's cool. Now, uh, we always talk about on the podcast, we always kind of have like a parts corner type thing where we talk about, you know, like a, a tool that we love or a part that we've recently installed that we enjoy or, or just something that it's like, oh man, for, you know, people listening, like having this is a must, you know, like 
Um, what, what for you guys is kind of the favorite, you know, upgrade on your Bronco or even tool that you've used while you guys have been working on, on your Broncos? I'll say, um, I've got, I've got a couple of them here, but the top, the, honestly, the top ones are, um, wiring. I mean, if you, if you have the chance to completely redo your wiring harness, yeah, do it, it saves so many headaches. And, you know, so many problems that you will run into. I mean, it's, if you, if you have the ability to do it, do it. And another thing, I mean, I put Tom's Bronco Park seats. Well, I guess they're Tom's off-road now. Yeah. yeah. Um, and put their seats in and it made a world of difference. And, and one other thing, I mean, if you don't have overdrives, the AX-15 five-speed, that yeah. is a, <laughs> that was a must-have for me. Yeah. So. I know, I know you said one, but those are, those are my, those are my top three. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> top three. All right. What, uh, follow-up question, what wiring harness? Um, so between the painless or the, um, American auto wire, I chose to go American auto wire. Yeah. It was so, it was super simple for me and I do them all the time at work. So it's what I knew. And I put that on both my first gen Bronco and my 78 and nice. it was completely, I mean, it was, simple follow the instructions almost completely plug and play and it just it made life easy have you done the painless or have you only done the auto wire i have done painless i've done i helped my dad do his painless and i did another painless at work and there's nothing wrong with the painless i i like them i think they're both you know, either or whatever you can get the best deal on is what I would go with. Well, I was just going to ask what, like, what is the difference? Cause I always tell people painless because two reasons, one, their instructions, like for a noob, you know, putting in the, the wiring harness, their instructions are, are the best by far. So even if you're doing a Semtech or an American auto wire, I always tell people go get the painless, download the painless wiring harness. Cause it's just so comprehensive but, uh, and then also I love that painless labels every wire a, a foot apart, you know? So it's like, you can look a foot on any of the wires and it's, oh, there it is, you know, eight, seven, one, uh, brake lights or whatever it is. Yellow horn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, well, and so that's, so painless and American auto wire are very similar in that aspect where every wire is labeled and but I will say painless does follow, um, I believe they follow factory Ford wire colors oh, okay. as opposed to American auto wire following GM style harness coloring on all their wires. Interesting. So, does does it, painless also, um, does painless like keep the stock length of wires too? Cause I know like when we did our auto wire and everything, I like being able to run my wires where I wanted to run them cleanly, where I don't know if I've never done a painless one, but does it, does it give you that option to like run the wires where you want? They do. It's it's very similar to the American auto wire harnesses we ran. And, and to me, the instructions on them, I, the, the painless is a little bit more in depth and detailed, but if you have, if you have wiring knowledge and if you've done wiring harnesses in the past, the American auto wire is not hard to look through and figure out, you know, understand. And even, even if you have to make a couple of phone calls every now and then to figure things out, it's, it's not, it's not too complicated. I think anyone can do it with a little bit of nice. a little bit of knowledge and trial and error. John, I think we've been replaced yeah. <laughs> yeah, by these got, two guys. You guys are you guys are <laughs> carrying this. That's awesome. Uh, Park, <laughs> Parker, uh, um, 
parts corner, what, uh, what would you what would you say? I was just thinking, like the first thing that thought of me for, I was almost thinking for Carson. I feel like Carson always has a carb and a distributor, no matter what. <laughs> he's learned too many lessons with EFI that like EFI is awesome and everything, but you always want to have a backup just for if you're dead on the side of the road. From <laughs> EFI is great when it works, and it's yep. not fun when it doesn't. When it's- Seriously. So you guys will literally pull it off and switch it off on the side of the road and go back to carb? Yep. It's, it's, it's <laughs> had to awesome. happen before. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you, just have a, you just have a lot of pressure for, for your fuel. Other than that, <laughs> everything's great. So in my parts corner, I don't, I don't really know about tools and stuff. I feel like every time I go somewhere, I have like the whole toolbox just because I'm worried about something breaking. But, um, I feel like also if you carry every tool, nothing's going to ever break. I know. That's true. Yeah. It's like an umbrella. What about favorite upgrade you've done? Like on the 88 or the 79? On the 79, I did the auto wire harness also. And I'm not like, I work at a restoration shop, but I'm not like the 15 years of knowledge that Carson has in a 19 year old body. And um, (laughs) so like I've, I've worked with them at work and stuff, but I'm not nearly so, the auto wire harness, I, I can confidently say anyone can do it as long as you're, you can read five times over again and not get discouraged and just yeah. read through the instructions and everything. And um, so that wasn't that bad. I actually enjoyed it. I liked running the wires and like making it all look pretty and yeah. making it look clean and everything. But besides that, the with the full sizes, lots of guys like, because you also, just like Carson said, overdrive. I wanted a manual and wanted overdrive still. And the only options would be like an M5OD if you were staying like small blocks like Windsor. But um, I wanted the ZF5, which is like a, a five heavy duty, five speed out of like a 90 super duty. Okay. And that's, I'm so happy because I talked about it like this time last year that I was just going to put the four speed back in it and have a one-to-one final drive and everything would be fine with my having overdrive. But I ended up doing a 460 swap and, and doing the uh, ZF5, which everyone talked about being such a big problem and everything. And it's kind of discouraging, but as long as you like, you can do anything. There's like, there's a bunch of people out there that will tell you that it's going to be so much harder, but you just got to try. And it was honestly not as bad as everyone said. Everyone was saying you need body lifts and everything, but it, it fits perfect. I love having overdrive in a five speed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I drive that thing everywhere. I drove it to Supercell like a week after finally building it. And <laughs> it it's just, it's so nice having an overdrive. I'm, I'm just about to do, start doing a whole bunch of overdrives. So I'm, I'm going to do like three different versions of it. So, Hey, while we've got you talking, let's, let me ask you our DIY PAY question. And that is, um, what would you say is the hardest thing you had to do install or troubleshoot um well i just said that the wiring was easy no honestly <laughs> the wiring was easy the on metal yellow so metal yellow basically is like everything on the frame was redone and back to like oem like it's perfect underneath but then an old body and old interior still but i think doing the zf5 and just not having much information from other people because other people were saying all this other stuff. I think that, I mean, that's the, really the only troubleshooting I had, but it, there's plenty of guys out there that have done it. You just got to sort through all the information of people that say it can't be done or should only be done this way for you to find the guy that actually has done it whatever way. 
and there's plenty of guys in the Bronco community that we've met and we know now that who to ask and who to trust with information. You can't just ask the go look on the forums and then believe that's the truth. So on a scale of one to five wrenches, one being the easiest, how many wrenches would you give that job? Um, I mean, it's definitely not like a, a simple job. You're still changing, customizing and figuring stuff out, but it's definitely not a, a full motor build or something like that. Uh, I like a, a seven, eight, but anyone, anyone could do it. Honestly, it's not that. So on a scale of one to five, you're going to go seven to eight. Oh, shoot. One to five. We'll <laughs> give it a, uh, I don't know. An eight out of 10. Huh? A four. How about a four? A four, four out of five. All that. And that's a, that's a manual. Um, that's a manual, yeah, right? It's, yeah. It's a manual five speed. Yeah. And who, who makes the, is like, did you get an advanced adapter bell housing or, uh, no, that's the thing is it with, if you wanted to run a, a ZF5, they made a small block pattern and a big block, even though they're not called that whatever. Oh. And, um, and so, but you just got to find the right combo. But it will fit a 400 or 351M because that's still the big block pattern. But okay. there's a bunch of conversions you got to do to make it work with the original 400 or 300 with all the backspacing of the clutch and everything. Yeah. So if you, you're going to spend that much money on an adapter to go to a 400, I was like, I'm just going to put a 460 that bolts directly to it. Dude, that's and so cool. fit in this truck anyway. Oh, so. yeah. And you still have room to crawl around in it. Yeah. And it, yeah. You know, I didn't have to change anything with the firewall or anything. It fits just as it did with four speed. And then do you have the NP205 behind it or what? Yeah. It, that bolts right up to it also. Nice. It literally it swaps right in. The only difference is it's a hydraulic clutch versus manual clutch linkage. So you got to change all that. But besides that, it's really not that bad it's a bigger case and everything and that's the main problem is people run into fitting it but yeah it yeah. wasn't too too much four out of five wrenches i would say it's a five out of five but you know because most most people who are listening to this don't know any of the words we just said <laughs> i agree but i also a year ago i would have not tried any of that i would not have even attempted to think about it you know <laughs> yep yep i get it i get it um, all right, Carson, um, what about you? Hardest thing to work on th- that you've worked on or troubleshot? I think I think the hardest thing is um, right along with what Parker said, the five-speed swap. Um, I mean, the the most miserable thing for me was the body work and paint. And just because that's, that's not my thing. I, I just, I enjoy painting cars, but I don't enjoy the body work. But the, the five-speed swap, for me, I was going from a C4 automatic to a five speed and so trying to figure out you know trying to replace an automatic with a manual and putting the pedal assembly in and yeah you know tearing the whole dash apart and pulling the column just to get the pedals out trying to figure out where the clutch rod went through the floorboard and everything else it was definitely a task and you know putting a putting a manual where an automatic was supposed to be was definitely not an easy an easy task to do but <laughs> It, it really wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, but yeah. it was definitely, I think that was the most challenging thing on that truck. I got a question, Carson. That wasn't as challenging as your big horsepower motor and everything? Well, that well that, that caused its own set of problems, too. Um, I, I wouldn't say putting the, 
putting the motor in with a lot of power wasn't the problem. It was the uh, it was everything breaking behind the motor that was the problem. <laughs> and and people say nine inches are indestructible and everything else, but if if you have a if you have a pretty hot small block, it, it will tear apart factory four nine inch. Yeah, or three or four of them. <laughs> but but it was that that was definitely frustrating, but. Yeah, I think I think in all honesty, I think the transmission swap was the the hardest thing. Yeah, the, the most frustrating thing may have been the may have been the drivetrain losses that I've experienced with with the higher horsepower small block. And what would you rate? What would you rate a uh, train uh, automatic to manual uh, sw- I, swap? Would it be a swap? It's not really a swap. It's like transmission swap. Yeah, yeah. but it's like uh, surgery. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, in all honesty, I, I, yeah. I mean, I would put it in as a is a three. I mean, I I did it in a weekend. I started it on a Friday and ended it on a Sunday. We're talking about Doctor Frankenstein here, so he's not your normal. Well, they, they, we'll call it a four, but it, it really it, it wasn't too terrible bad. It was just it it was more time consuming and frustrating than anything. It, there was nothing that was that was terribly terribly hard to do it just took a little bit of took a little bit of brain power to make it happen it was definitely harder than my level four transmission swap and everything because also <laughs> you needed advanced adapters and everything where i did i i made a four. couple calls to advanced adapters trying to make that thing work oh so. sure i think uh what parker's comment about carson is the most accurate 15 years of experience in a 19 year old body <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah his last name's frankenstein <laughs> <laughs> things entertaining that way exactly exactly <laughs> i've called carson many of times late at night <laughs> that's awesome at the 1 a.m phone calls yeah. on the side of the road yeah yep. or, or crunching for uh for supercell at 1 a.m trying to solve wiring problems yep carson's my old man that i look up to <laughs> while we've got you on the phone um so you sold your full size so are you on the hunt again for another bronco i am I would I would love to have another seventy eight seventy nine. It's just it's really hard to find a seventy eight seventy nine that's not, and and they're going up in value, and that's what makes them so smart to get into now. And yeah. I think that's the next early Bronco. It's but I I would love to have another one. Um, I'm just trying to trying to save up a little bit of cash to buy one a little bit nicer than the last one I had, just to have a better starting point. But Yep. I would love to have another one, and that's the that's the plan in the near future to have another seventy eight, seventy nine, or even I've been looking at bull noses too. Just, mm. I think I think those are going to go up too. So agreed. Just and, and any any Bronco that catches my eye is really a really an option for me. So what what are you seeing uh, price wise for the seventy eight, seventy nines now? They're they're definitely they've gone up a lot. I mean, I remember. You know, three years ago, you could get one. Three, four years ago, you could get, they were going for really cheap compared yeah. to a first-generation Bronco. And now, we're starting to see them go up. I mean, you're seeing them consistently sell for forty, fifty thousand dollars 50000 whereas three, four years ago, that was unheard of. Yep. And so, it's, it's crazy how much they've gone up. And I think, I mean, in all honesty, they're not going to go down anytime soon. Right. So, I think they're going to continue to stay on the rise. It's, you know, it's, as long as people are wanting a classic car, I think that's going to be the next early Bronco. Right. Parker, do you have any plans of, uh, are you always looking as well? 
Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling I can't buy anything. I'm always off. I was texting Carson like two days ago about if he wanted to buy one of my trucks, so I could go buy another one. <laughs> <laughs> That's a true story. It's like two nights ago, a chromatic popped up that I was like, oh, Carson, this would be really nice if you could take this one off my hands so I could get this one, you know? <laughs> I'm always searching and hunting, but. I wanted that one so bad, but I just couldn't swing it. So. Yeah, I know. I'm always, I'm always like, I get lots of messages and stuff to help other people out to find stuff. So I'm also, even if I'm not looking, I'm looking for other people kind of just, if I see one pop up, I'll send it to all the people that have been asking kind of things. Yep. And, uh, and usually someone, someone ends up with it or I end up going and getting it for them and then towing it to wherever they are or something like that. It, it always ends up being somehow connected to it. We, we always like to ask you guys, Parker, like, what's the first thing that you did? Like, because we were saying the first thing you should do is insure your truck. Yeah. <laughs> you mean first thing, like when we get a new truck? Or no, a- like on your chromatic. What was the, the yellow chromatic? What was the first thing that you did? Wash it. I love, <laughs> like, I washed the black one last weekend. And especially, I mean, it's different if you're buying a truck off of someone else. But these trucks that we've been finding in the woods or random places and Texas and stuff like that. It is the most satisfying thing to see this paint pop up after being covered in moss and dirt, and it's just the most satisfying thing. And it really, it is, or it could make you depressed, and then you see how much rust is really under there. And, uh, <laughs> so, but I, I love the first pressure wash in the vehicle. So I ended up buying a '79, and I got—I guess it's a base model because it's got smooth cushions for seats and. It's got rubber for flooring. <laughs> I haven't mm-hmm. even taken. So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to buy some bug bombs and throw them in there. <laughs> <laughs> but because there's, I don't even know what all kinds of critters are in this thing. But I see yeah. hornets' nests and all kinds of stuff. So, and then mm-hmm. I can go in and pretend I'm driving it. Yeah. Right. I don't blame you one bit. I, when I was loading my '78 up on the trailer when I first got it, I opened up the door and there was a wasp nest right there in the oh. door, and they lit me up when I was loading. Brutal. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, or that's like our buddy, our buddy Nick. He uh, he found a person in this junkyard that he knows about, and uh, he calls it possum because when he pulled the truck out, there was a possum skeleton, right, Carson, in the yeah. truck still. Oh. So that's why he named the truck now as Possum. Wow. <laughs> it's just. You never know what's hiding in there. Yep. Yep. Well, guys, thank you so much for uh, letting us chat with you a little bit, letting us talk with you. Um, and I love both of your stories, you know, the the Broncos kind of in your family, Parker, with your grandpa, you know, learning or working on the, the 88 during COVID and, and uh, just kind of learning and working on it and, and doing stuff with him. And those are memories that you guys are going to have, you know, for years. And it's going to always be that thing of like, this is the truck that my grandpa and I worked on. And even Carson, mm-hmm. you with, you know, working on stuff with your dad and, and uh, cause your dad was the reason that you came to Supercell, right? Like that was why you started coming. Right. He's got a, uh, he's got a 69 that he's had since he was 16. Yeah. So, and he's still got it. So it's, it's, it's neat. Cause I always, I always wanted a blue Bronco cause he always had a blue Bronco. So I, you know, tried everything in my power to end up having a blue Bronco. And so I think, I think five-year-old me would have been happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's super cool. And it, you know, like it, it's one of those things that, 
Bronco really does like stay in the family. You know, it's like when, when Broncos are in the family, Bronco, just the Bronco blood, you know, it just pumps through, through the uh, family heritage. And so I love seeing that with you guys. And I love, love just all that you guys are doing. Um, and, uh, so appreciate your, your work in the community and, um, yeah, if you guys aren't following uh, Carson and Parker, how can people find you? How can people follow you? Um, I'm on Instagram at bronco.88 or uh, also Red Clay Classics is kind of like what me and my dad have been sharing with uh, our other black chromatic that we're working on that's going to be sold one day, but mostly bronco.88 on Instagram. Okay, what was the other one? Clay? Red Clay Classics. Red Clay Classics. And you got a... 88 is a 78, 79 second gen. Yeah. That's the other one. That's the, the black chromatic that we have that should be in here in the shop soon. And then Carson, how can people follow you? Um, I am Carson Collie 13 on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook and everything else. So mm -hmm. if you know, any of those, uh, feel free to give a follow and follow along with all of the bills. If you got any questions about it, yeah. <laughs> message Carson. Right. <laughs> <laughs> We are well, not just I mean, mental. Feels, we, I was a dummy a year ago, and I'm still a dummy. And I'll always be learning. I think that's what's cool is there's always something to learn, no matter what point you're at, and uh, you know, it, with your knowledge. I mean, there's always something to learn. Somebody always knows more than you do. So. Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. So that's Carson Colley, C O L L I E. Well, hey, guys, we really appreciate you getting on the podcast with us. It was a lot of fun. We'll do this again another time and uh, see where you are with your builds. Awesome. For sure. Yeah, thanks for having us. Okay, thanks for having us, Chris. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Well, uh, man, what, like, those guys are, are just awesome. And uh, <laughs> I think they need their own podcast. Yeah, <laughs> they think... took over. <laughs> <laughs> Parker was interviewing Carson for us. <laughs> yeah. You and I are standing there looking at each other going, we're done. We can go now. Yeah. <laughs> We've been replaced. Uh, maybe, okay, here's what we should do. We should convince them to one day, them just do, like, we'll give them the content, but let them do a whole episode. Just the, the Oh, that'd be great. Them. Yeah. Like, set up the mics for them. You know, be here for them, but just, like, let them do an episode start to finish. That would be a lot of fun. They could do it. They totally could. Yeah. Like, my quote, my favorite quote, like I said earlier, was that Carson has 15 years of experience in a 19-year-old body. And that's just, that's the ama amazing quote. Uh, that's, that's going on the quote wall for sure. I know. Together we have 15 years experience. <laughs> <laughs> and, and 100 a, years old. Yeah, worth together, of bodies. 100 yeah. <laughs> year old body. Well, uh, guys, thank you so much for listening to this full-size episode. If you have any questions, shoot us an email at questions at thebroncast.com. That's Q-U-E-S-T-I-O-N-S at T-H-E-B-R-O-N-C-A-S-T.com. Thank you for listening to The Broncast, a podcast all about the Ford Bronco. We'd like to thank this season's sponsor, Tom's Off-Road, for all your Gen 1 and Gen 6 Bronco parts. Our technical producer and audio editor is Josh Toller, a freelance podcast mixer, editor, and trumpet player extraordinaire right here in Nashville, Tennessee. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to your podcasts. 
Find our video, podcasts, and other materials on our YouTube channel, Nashville Early Bronco. Thanks again for listening to the broadcast. We'll see you next week.